0: Welcome to Torah from Temple of Aaron in St. Paul, Minnesota. Here is the place to hear much of the great sermons, teachings, and speakers happening each week at our synagogue. Whether you are able to make it in person or not, each week you will find new Jewish content to inspire, motivate, and bring meaning to you wherever you find yourself. I hope you enjoy the teaching and feel free to contact us anytime about it by calling us at 651 252 6411 or emailing us at rabbi Marcus at templeofaran.org. Enjoy and we hope to see you soon. Hello, everybody. Today you will hear a sermon given by Rabbi Rachel Rubenstein on March 12, 2022, at Shabbat morning services at Temple of Aaron for Parshat Zahor. Rabbi Rachel speaks compellingly about the ever-present voice of doubt in our lives, especially when faced with the possibility of doing the good in the world. How do we deal with that doubt? How can that doubt be productive? And how can we overcome that doubt when it is unproductive? Come listen and find out. I hope you enjoy.
1: So have you ever been in this situation? You see... A... <laughs> You see a newcomer to the Shabbat morning service, and your first thought is, I should go and say hello and introduce myself. But then a second voice comes to your mind, a voice of doubt. That voice says to you, what if they aren't new, I just don't recognize them? What if by introducing myself, I offend them and embarrass myself? So you quickly glance over at them a few more times, but the voice of doubt has you convinced, and so you, so you stay in your seat. Or how about this one? You have a friend, not your best friend, but certainly an acquaintance, and they've lost a loved one. You maybe watch the funeral on the live stream, maybe you even attend the Shiva. And then a month passes and you think to yourself, I should really give them a call and check in, see how they're doing. But then that second voice comes to mind again and says to you, what if that's overstepping? What if they don't want to talk about it? What if I make it awkward? And so you let the moment pass and you go about your day and your week and you don't reach out. I'll tell you that these stories aren't hypothetical. I have experienced each of these scenarios many times and I will admit to you that I have allowed that voice of doubt to hold me back from doing what I know to be right. Not because I didn't want to do the right thing, but because that voice of doubt is so darn convincing, it makes me believe that what I know to be right might actually be wrong. In our tradition, that voice of doubt has a name. It's called Amalek. Today is Shabbat Zahor, the Shabbat before Purim. We read a special maft here today, recounting the story of Amalek. We read, you shall remember what Amalek did to you on the way when you went out of Egypt, how you happened upon the way and cut off all the stragglers at your rear when you were faint and weary and he did not fear God. You shall obliterate the remembrance of Amalek from beneath the heavens, you shall not forget. Our Hasidic rabbis, our mystical commentators, understand Amalek to not only be a historical people, who became the enemy of our ancient Israelites. They understand Amalek to be a metaphor for something deep within us. Not only are Jews commanded to wipe out Amalek, writes the Kedushat Levi, a Hasidic master, but each Jew has to wipe out that negative part that is called Amalek hidden in her heart. Our rabbis notice that the numerical value of the word Amalek is the same as the word sefek, doubt. Amalek is that voice inside of us that introduces doubt into our minds when we are on the verge of doing the good. I see someone asking for money in the street, but a voice inside of me questions whether it is safe to approach. I think I should call a community member who is sick, but a voice inside of me questions if I would be bothering her with my intrusion. How many times have you been on the verge of doing the good, but this voice, Amalek, steps in to stop you, to introduce that kernel of doubt that you allow to grow and to flourish. We are commanded today on Shabbat Zachor, you shall obliterate the remembrance of Amalek from beneath the heavens, you shall not forget. Two weeks ago, Rabbi Charlie Citron Walker, the rabbi at Congregation Beth Israel in Colleyville, Texas, wrote a guest essay in the New York Times entitled, My Synagogue Was Attacked, But I Will Never Stop Welcoming the Stranger. Six weeks ago, Rabbi Citron Walker and his congregants were held hostage for 10 hours by a man with a gun who gained entry into the synagogue by posing as a homeless man in need of shelter. Rabbi Citron Walker writes in his New York Times piece, Welcoming strangers, let alone caring for them, does not come naturally. I was reminded recently that our brains aren't wired for it. Strangers are, by definition, unknown. The unknown often generates fear. Strangers in this context are harmful. I opened the doors of my synagogue and unknowingly welcomed the individual who would later attack me and my fellow congregants that I opened the door will always weigh heavily on me. Still, I remain committed to the idea of welcoming and caring for the stranger and living that value. This, I believe, is a living, breathing understanding of what each of us are commanded to do today. Note that the Torah does not tell us to obliterate Amalek. It tells us you shall obliterate the remembrance of Amalek. It would be impossible and dangerous to obliterate all doubt from our lives. The doubt is evolutionary. It's there to keep us safe. Rabbi Citron Walker acknowledges that he still has the voice of doubt, but he writes that he will not allow the memory of the doubt, the visceral embodied memory of the times that the doubt won to overtake him. If we allow the memory of that doubt to flourish, if we allow it to grow and overtake us, it will stop us from ever taking the risk to do the good, to step outside of ourselves, to do what God commanded us to do. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs writes, we face an unknown and unknowable future. That means that every single course of action we take, every commitment has its underside of doubt. It's the ability to acknowledge that doubt and yet say, nonetheless, I will take a risk. That is what faith is. Not the absence of doubt, but the ability to recognize doubt, live with it, and still take the risk of commitment. With all of the doubt, all of the uncertainty that is raging in the world we live in today, our Torah commands us today to not allow the doubt to overtake us. When we allow the memory of doubt to flourish, we become beholden to it. But how? How do we overcome the doubt to allow ourselves the courage to take a risk into doing the good? That is the gift that our Judaism, our incredible inherited tradition has given to us. I've heard so many times people who say that they don't need religion to teach them to be good. It's innate or cultural. They don't need all of these rules and laws to bind them. And it's certainly true. There are good people in the world who aren't beholden to any religious tradition. But I can only speak from my own experience. And I will tell you that in those times when I have been able to overcome the doubt, it is because the voice of the Jewish tradition, the voice of halakha, of Jewish law, has been louder in my mind than the voice of Amalek, the voice of doubt. We are coming on the holiday of Purim, a holiday with four mitzvot: to hear the Megillah, to give mishloach manot, gifts, to our fu- gifts of food to our friends, to have a seuda, a festive meal, and to give matanot laevyonim, gifts to the poor. And our rabbis teach that if we engage only in these first three mitzvot, if we hear the Megillah and give gifts to our friends and have a lovely festive meal, then we are engaged in debauchery, in frivolity. We have fallen short of the holiness that our tradition expects of us if we don't also give matanot Yonim, gifts to the poor. And this mitzvah to give gifts to the poor is different than all the other mitzvot of giving charity. When we give charity throughout the year, we are expected to do our due diligence, to give to reputable organizations to ensure our funds are being used where they can help the most. But on Purim, we are told, one is not exacting with their money on Purim. Rather, one should give to anyone who extends their hands. We are explicitly told with this this mitzvah to disregard the voice of doubt in our minds that voice that wonders if the person in front of me with their hands outstretched is truly in need or perhaps a swindler. On Purim, we are told to obliterate the memory of Amalek, to excise that voice of doubt that rages in our minds each and every time we are poised to do the good, to exercise our doing good muscles, to practice what it feels like to move past the doubt and experience the good. In our small town in New York, where Rabbi Marcus and I lived previously, we lived just a few blocks from the church in the center of town that housed the soup kitchen. And so it became our practice on Purim to go to the bank and get a few hundred dollars in small bills and find our way down the street and just hang outside the soup kitchen for a little while and make conversation with the people that were going in and out. And at the end of our conversation, to offer them some sadaka. And I have to tell you, that of every holiday moment we celebrate together, no single moment has brought us more joy than those moments we spent on Purim outside the soup kitchen, getting to know our neighbors and bringing them a surprise moment of joy and generosity. Never would we have ventured out if we hadn't felt that we were commanded to do so by the mitzvah of Purim. Sure, it might have sounded like a nice thing to do, but that voice of doubt would have immediately come to mind, telling us it might feel weird. What if we get taken advantage of? What if? What if? What if? And that is the truly incredible gift that Judaism gives us. Again and again, we are given the tools to quiet the voice of doubt and give us the confidence and strength to do the good. The gift of Judaism is the gift of confidence that only faith in a 2,000-year-old wisdom tradition can give us, the faith that there is true wisdom behind our mitzvot, and even if I can still hear that voice of doubt, there is a stronger, louder voice of our generations of wisdom to counteract it, to overcome it. Rabbi Citron Walker surely hears that voice of Amalek, that voice of doubt louder than he ever has before the voice that warns him to lock the door, to keep out the stranger, to turn away. But amazingly, Rabbi Citron Walker proclaims publicly that the voice of Torah, the voice of mitzvot, the voice of our incredible tradition shouts louder in his mind, loud enough that one month after experiencing a trauma like none I want to imagine, he is able to fulfill the mitzvah of Shabbat Zachor, the mitzvah to obliterate the memory of Amalek, to not allow himself to dwell in the memory of doubt. It's a choice that each of us can make, a choice to strengthen our relationship with Torah, to take the mitzvot seriously, starting maybe with the mitzvah this very Thursday on Purim Day to give gifts to the poor, to all who outstretch their hands without scrutiny, without succumbing to the doubt. And we can help. Tomorrow at our Purim carnival, the social justice committee has organized a Matanot LaEvyonim gift bag station—a table with supplies donated by you in the community to create bags of needed supplies like toothbrushes and protein bars to take with us to give to someone in need. I invite you to come tomorrow or to prepare your own bag at home, and on Thursday on Purim day, to seek out a neighbor in need overcome any voices of doubt in your mind because you have faith in the wisdom of our tradition. As Rabbi Sack says, this is what faith is, not the absence of doubt, but the ability to recognize doubt, live with it, and still take the risk of commitment. Shabbat Shalom.